Good evening and welcome back, finally, to a new episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Grimlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts, guys. Again. They always are. They always will be. We're here. Uh, Thank you guys for... Well... Everybody knows of Casper's move. Everything's going great with that. We were just talking about it over dinner. Big plans, new house, all that stuff's going great. And then um, some of you that know me more personally know I have a plethora of health issues. (laughs) And uh, one of them decided to wreak havoc last week on me. So there was the week that Casper was already planning on taking off, and then there was an additional week so that I could get my health back in order. Um, But everything's groovy now. We are back at it again. The girls are back in town. The boys are back. The the queers are back in town. (laughs) I love that. The girls are back. The boys. The the gays. The gays. The gays are back in town. Uh, No, guys, for real. It's been... We needed to just take a break for health and uh, mental reasons. I'm starting to get my brain back. Not fully, but we're getting there. I don't know where um, mine is, but if you guys find it, please send it to P.O. Box. <laughs> P.O. Box BG. <laughs> DFWCO. Uh, no, so um, the house is going fantastic. We've got all of it done. Besides, the bedroom needs to be decorated and the guest room needs to be done. So... Um, I don't know if you guys saw, I did post pictures. The Blair Witch bathroom is back and better. Um, we will not be keeping the country bath wallpaper that's on there. I was going to say, have people been asking? No, but Danielle made me die laughing. She goes, I knew you were going to She said not the country that they wanted, but the country they got. Amazing. Uh, yeah, no, we're getting rid of that. Um. But the Blair Witch bathroom is back and better than ever. My amazing girlfriend told me she liked it. So I got to keep the whole thing. Uh, she has never seen the Blair Witch, though. So I was like, don't watch it because then you're we're not changing the bathroom. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, she's never allowed to see it now. No, ever. she probably Tell will. Her, but... No, just uh, we'll watch both. She can watch both awful sequels. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Even though the original sequel has now like kind of grown on me. I wish I could and it's say on the same. T- it's on Tubi. God. And I went back. Well, you know what it did? It's you. It's when I went back and watched. Because uh, remember, I hate how much I was like, oh, my God, I fucking hate. Uh, oh, my God. Which one was it? Which Chucky? Was it Bride? Remember before I met you, I was like, I hated Bride. I believe so. Like, I was so just like, and I'm still, and we both are. Well, now with the show, I'm like, oh, I fucking love the Glenn, Glenda thing. But mm-hmm. like, uh, even, uh, well, which one was that? Seed. Seed. Uh, seed still. See, but if watching, you, as long as you watch it as a comedy, it's okay. Watching Seed, but see, now that's what I do with Blair Witch too. Maybe I should rewatch. You have to it watch it as a comedy. No, you have to. You have to because I'm. Oh, I, I cackle now when I watch it. Like I cackle when I watch it now. It's hysterical to me. I 
I've only seen it once, so maybe I'll give it another shot as a comedy. <laughs> oh, it was it. hard. The oh, first, that was the first time I watched. I'm it, surprised it didn't and turn I it saw off. it in theaters. I'm sorry you paid for that. I thank you. I'm genuinely sorry because, you paid for that. Remember the first Blair Witch obsessed. Like, uh, I'm still obsessed. obsessed. I know you still are. Obsessed. Uh, so when they said there was a sequel, I was like, oh fuck yeah, on board, signing up. But now knowing what I know about it, uh, Joe Berlinger, who was an incredible documentary filmmaker that did all of the West Memphis stuff, uh, all those Paradise Lost documentaries, and now has been involved with the various Netflix serial killer document. He did the Ted Bundy one. He did the Richard Ramirez one. I think he's been involved in like all of them now. Did he do the Dahmer one? I think so. Uh, but Joe Berlinger directed. He's actually in it for like half a smidgen. He direct. Oh, he just did the uh, Bernie Madoff one. That one is incredible. People mm-hmm. that don't know the Bernie Madoff stories, seriously, it's like, I think if that guy could have been a serial killer, he would have been. Like, the way people talk about him is like wild. Like, pure psychopath but uh yeah he directed Blair Witch 2 and I didn't know that for like the longest time and then you hear him talk like people need to read interviews like the producers pretty much like the production come it's one of those like old adages like when you go out you set out to make a film and then the producers get a hold of it and then they just like rip it apart and throw in a bunch of stuff. And then before you know it, like, your name is slapped on a movie that's not even yours anymore. And that's pretty much what happened to him. So I think, like, Bubble Boy with Jake Gyllenhaal, he just wants to act like Blair Witch 2 never happened. He's like, that was a fever dream. And it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's totally fine. So. Well, it's just like the people that wrote The Conjuring wrote The Turning. And. Yeah. What? So. I think they had their own concept in mind. It was either that or it could have been the same story. Like, producers got a hold of it and they were like, this no, better. it should end like this. And it's end. like... It shouldn't have an ending. It should never end. <laughs> the Maybe credits the- should come on and the lights should come up and people should be like, wait. <laughs> wait. I mean, that's literally what happened. Are we supposed to sit here and... Is this like a Marvel movie? Are we supposed to wait? Till? Like the people that were cleaning up the theater were coming in, and half the theater still sitting there. Oh, we're still we're like, yeah, because we didn't. We were all collectively like, huh? <laughs> I even heard we all went, huh? Is it over? Well, and then remember, there was a lot that were in the the trailer that wasn't even in the movie. No. So that was really I was very bizarre. upset that that spider scene wasn't in the Listen, film. I, really, that was, I was really upset about that. That was like that. 90% of the reason why I wanted to see Same. it. Same. A lot, of people, that, were, a lot of people were pissed off about that. Just going, Where was the goddamn spider? So, but yeah, so uh, everything's pretty much done. Um, my office is beautiful now. Covered wall to wall with all of my autographs and uh, stuff and things, which is really cool. So yeah, everything. He <laughs> said stuff and things. Stuff. Thanks, Lori. What do you want from me? Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been it's been so long, and I. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, 
So yeah, um, everything's been going great, and we've had some time to chill. Um, I actually got to watch some new things. I finally watched Terrifier 2. Um, I'll be watching it soon. I ate Definitely cereal. before Horror Hound. I will be watching it. I ate cereal. It did not phase me at all. Um, was it gory? Yeah, but it, people... Here's my thing. People that went into that film, number one, that, that threw up or passed out or whatever, number one, you had no idea what you were walking into, or number two, you're not a big horror fan. Or number because three, a lot of that was sensationalized and... Or did did that actually happen? I heard people. Like, were there? Like, there was it? Because people were reporting people next to them throwing up. It wasn't like the theater was doing it or the director. So it wasn't sensationalized. It. There were people like legit going like. There were people posting videos of people throwing up outside of the theaters and Whoa. like yeah, like it was actually happening. Which I get. I mean, some of you didn't grow up on Rotten.com, and it shows. Some of you have never we seen really, it. We were literally stuck. But no, like, as a whole, was it gory? There's 19-year-olds listening to this right now. Gory. It doesn't exist anymore, guys. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. It's a Wikipedia page now. It doesn't exist. I think the archives are still there. It's probably and in the you dark can still see You can still see the autopsy photos. But, yeah, um, so, yeah, it was pretty yeah. gory. Uh, but it's... it's if you, but it was fine. If you saw... My response to that was, if you saw the first one, why the fuck was anybody shocked that the second one... And the second one was actually way worse, but it wasn't... To me... The I movie... like how I refuse to see a human centipede, too. Like, I just won't do it. I subjected myself to a Serbian film, so I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. Like, I just... I'm not doing it. It was, to me, though, it wasn't serious. And that's the thing. I'm like, this movie is a comedy. It's funny. That's the... And that's the thing. If, if anybody, uh, shout out to front of the show, Dave, uh, David Howard Thornton. If you have met him or, you know, talked with him or Damien, you know, and hopefully we'll get a chance to meet Damien. Because uh, I hated that we didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to meet him last year. But um, I, I think that's their whole point is if you, there can be like, I think when people envision comedy and horror it's one way and i think horror can be comedic like even in gore and i feel like that's the only way that gore can actually work is to laugh at it because gore can go way too far this has always been my thing with gore is like if it if it gets to a point where you're like okay this is like, I'm a horror fan, but, like, what are, what are we doing here? Like, what is this, what was this for? What was this trying to say? Like, were you just, are you just trying to be gore porn? Like, is that just, is that all you're trying to do? Because if that's what it, then I'm, I'm not interested. Like, that's not, that's not doing, you're not doing anything. It's, it's fucking weird. But where Damien has taken it and where Terrifier has taken it to where the gorier it's funny. Like now you've taken gore away from being tor porny to it's comedic. Now that's the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. In my humble opinion, <laughs> as a horror fan for many years, I I feel like that's the only way to do it. Cause I try not to judge horror genres. Some of them do need to be judged. Yes. Some of them. Um, we're vomit, not even going to go there. Vomit gore does yeah, not need to be a thing. No. Um, 
Some of you need to be judged. Some of you need <laughs> some of you need Jesus some of you need Jesus and therapy and <laughs> all of it. Uh, but like, it's I try not to judge, but it's like gore is one of those where I'm just always like, we need you gotta you 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 gotta be doing something. Like you gotta bring me something than just guts. This. But like where they're taking it to, where it's hysterical, where art is so funny that it's like the uncomfortableness of, and I'm a, I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan. And I like stand-up comedy as I've probably mentioned a billion times on this podcast. And I like, I like, but I'm not, listen, if you're going to come at me like, oh, you like blue collar comedy? Stop. I'm not that kind of comedy fan. Like I'm a die. I'm a, I'm a fucking snob and I'll be the first to tell you I'm a fucking comedy snob. And I like comedy that like punches in the gut. And I, there's some comment, there's some comedians that I like that people are like, Ooh, like, like it gets, it gets dark. It hits, but that's where my brain can go. And I think that's why I'm such a big horror fan. And, and where, terrifier has taken it to me is like the kind of stand-up comedy i like that's like you're getting a dark good, a very good you're um, dark and you're fucking funny because you've made it funny you're not dark just to be dark and weird and like what the mm -hmm. fuck is wrong with you you're dark and this is fucking hilarious like i genuinely a couple parts was actually cackling <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. Now. He I need, fucks I need this girl life. up so bad, and the motherfucker is alive. And I'm like, how? I was laughing. I was like, how the fuck is she alive? Like how? I'm like, the walls are covered in blood. There's blood everywhere. Limbs, just like like her arm is cut in half, and this bitch is breathing, and she's. You're like, saying she, she, she literally goes, Mom, and I'm like, How is how is she is she breathing? You're like, you have lips. How are you? How did you say mom? And what cracks me up is when Oh god, like that scene in Midsummer where I was like, Did those lungs move? Did those lungs those lungs just those lungs just move? When Art gets aggravated because the blood spurts on his face, listen. And then he he rolls his eyes and then just is completely like mimed with it and then he'll do something he shoves mashed potatoes in a woman's face cavity because her face was fucking blown off by a shotgun and then laughs at it oh so I is swear that the, to god is that the mash is that the infamous mashed potatoes thing her face is completely blown off by a shotgun and all that's there is just there's an eye there's like an eye up here and then it's just a cavity, and he takes mashed potatoes, and he starts shoving. Oh, guys, them I laugh. I, 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 you know, let me tell you how dark I am. I tried to watch Hostel again the other day, and I was laughing. I was like, "Oh boy, <laughs> I, there's nothing left up here." <laughs> if Hostel has become a comedy to you, like there ain't there's my humor left. is broken. There's nothing left. <laughs> like, you will love Terrifier too. Oh, You'll so laugh I'm, your ass I'm, off. It's I'm funny. So excited. It's very I'm funny. So but anyway, um, also caught up The Last of Us. If you are in any way, shape, or form in some kind of like upset, sad, depressed state, don't watch it. Um, Mwah. <laughs> it is. Nobody. If you are a huge fan of the games, though, watch it. It is such a nod to the games. It's beautiful. Um, but yeah, so we're finally back, and we're gonna start doing every every Wednesday again. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw. I was gonna. I'm gonna announce this now and at the end. Um, 
We are doing a promotion right now on all of our merch for 20% off up until the end of April. Guys, it pretty much saves you the shipping. Pretty much. So, yeah. It's it's a good deal, especially yeah. with Horror Hound coming up. Um, huge things are coming for us at Horror Hound this year. And we don't want to say anything yet. Not yet. We don't want to say anything yet. We got to make sure everything's like a thousand percent. But like for real... Shape. If things happen, like buy our merch because you're gonna want to rep. You're gonna want to come in and rep. Just saying, um, especially if you're going to Horror Hound, we'd love to see you guys. Um, so all of the, there's a lot of good things. Yeah, happening. hopefully we should be there all weekend. Um, yeah, I know I was there for like half a day. <laughs> it had been um, a number of years. It was a little overwhelming for me, but uh, well, I'm, I'm good reason. Really excited. I'm real. I'm very very excited about it now it's uh taken on a whole new hopefully whole new thing that i could have never imagined and uh, and getting to actually like experience it with you and that's where we met like that's just yeah. you know it's just really cool and um they've expanded um i don't live i not giving anybody my geographical location but i'm not far from the convention center and uh i drove by there and they've like exp it's wild i don't know if they're they're i doubt they're gonna be done by this uh by next month but uh yeah it's fucking crazy i fucking it's hope so so huge it's good be, yeah i'm tired of suffocating in there it's gonna be wild and they it it needs it <laughs> it's like it's like long overdue like i can't I'm kind of wondering if when they had the people from Scream last year, if that's when they were like, you know what, we should make this building. Not, not obviously the people from Horror Hound aren't in charge of the building, but you know what I'm saying. Like they were like, you know, this convention keeps coming here. We need to make this bigger because it's like always been like that though. Like it's just so cramped. There's so many people, and everybody goes. Everybody, every fucking body. Every. <laughs> well, it's like a big. You know, it Chicago's from here, like Chicago's fucking far. It you know, Columbus isn't far, but it kind of is. And Indianapolis, you too. know, apparently they're bringing Indianapolis back. Mm -hmm. I did see that. That's pretty dope. That's but yeah, cool. so there's a lot of really cool things happening this year um, so far. But we decided to go ahead and do a, ji a, a jig. We're gonna do a jig. Yeah, catch that. You see us. <laughs> We're gonna. <laughs> I mean, it, it will be around St. Patty's Day, so you're right. Uh, we're gonna do a big sale, the twenty percent off sale for about um, about a couple months. Get you guys some time to get our merch because um, we're really excited about it. And I'm gonna be wearing, and I'm pretty sure Becky is too. We're gonna be wearing our merch all weekend, and I really want to rep the podcast and. It's been hard with so much going on the last year for both of us. So I know it's been hard to like fully jump back into the podcast every week and really be fully there. But there's so much good happening right now that I feel I'm starting to get that motivation again. I'm starting to get my brain back. Oh, I'm starting yeah. to get the passion back for it. So I'm very, we're very excited to bring you guys um, all of the cool stuff that's happening. But yeah, check out our merch. Buy our merch. We have three t three t-shirts. A tote bag, a sticker, and a mug. Um, so make sure to check it out because it's really cool. And I got our Becky. Off. I got our Becky Gremlin and Casper shirt. Listen, um, I fucking love that shirt. I love it. 
It's so cute. And it gives a lot of explanation to the names. Um, yes. And uh, Wednesdays are for podcast one. I'm hoping, you know, like with the show, like that one gets a lot of. I've heard a lot of people say that's their favorite. And I'm like, it's dope as hell. I love that shirt. It's it's an amazing. uh, Who is the designer again? Neil Fraser. Neil, yeah. Yeah, Neil. God. Uber, uber, uber fucking talented. Like, beyond. And who's actually getting, like, recognized now by big names. Good. And I'm like, fucking good. He deserves it. He's amazing. So, yeah, guys, and then, of course, before we get into our episode tonight, our true crime episode about the Cincinnati Strangler, a word from our sponsor. Calm your bunny down. Yeah, there are only going to be a couple more of these, guys. Um, I feel like I should just sing it and let it echo for a minute, (laughs) just in in remembrance. It's still (laughs) happening. Um, February 22nd uh, will be the end. It will be done. Um... So everything is still on sale. $3 for the bath bombs, $1 for the body cream. It's a great deal. Um, Still have plenty left. Uh, Posting updates on Instagram always. uh, Everything's updated. But uh, February 22nd will be the last day. If anybody orders on that day, it's perfectly fine. But the very next day, it will be gone. So, um, thank you for everybody so far that has supported and anybody that's supported in the past. But, um, if I, if I didn't really go into an explanation as to why I decided not to do anymore, it's just, it's just kind of like, it's just not really feasible. Like in my, well, having a cat now, I can't really, I don't, I can't really say that I can make anything that's like hypoallergenic for people. I worry about people that have, you know, like I know a lot of people that are very allergic to, that's how we have Abby <laughs> is uh, because the person we got her from was super allergic. So um, yeah, it's, I would have had to move base into a completely different section of my house that would have had to get completely remodeled. And it just would have been a lot putting a lot of money into it that just wouldn't have gotten back the same return. And if a lot of you know how business goes, that's just not business savvy. So you want to make money, not continue to bleed money. So um, it really is supply and demand. But, you know, I mean, it worked out for the best. Uh, I'm really happy with it. I set out a goal of something that I had wanted to do literally since I was 17 years old, as I always wanted to have my own business, always. And I did it. You know, I did it for almost a solid three years and I'm really proud of myself for it. I have no regrets whatsoever. All the people that have supported me, I'm so thankful for. Like, um, so, you know, and I've sold to people all over the country. So it's, it's been really awesome and I'm super grateful for it. And I have absolutely no regrets whatsoever. It's something I set out to do and I'm super proud of myself for it. And uh, I'm fucking proud of you too. You know, I mean, I have a job that I, I work, I have a job that I love. It's not like I don't have a job, you know, so it's, it all worked out for the best. Definitely all worked out for the best, but um, that's basically why if I didn't go into an explanation as to why I wasn't doing anymore, that's just, you know, that's mainly why. So, uh, but Everything as of now um, was pre-made for a market that I had done a couple months ago. So that's just like everything left over that I'm just trying to get rid of, like inventory. But um, yes, please support. 
I really appreciate it. Calm your body down on Etsy is where everything is sold, where you can purchase. And there are always updates on Instagram as things sell out. Because I have sold out of a few things so far. So thank you again, everybody. I can't get for you out of my head right now. So calm your body down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we are finally, because I know I, we announced this like three weeks ago, but we yeah. are finally talking about the Cincinnati Strangler um, that was the serial killer back in the 60s. Yeah, um, in like our, in our neck of the woods. We live in Cincinnati. Um, this didn't happen like... I I know the area of Cincinnati that this happened in. Um, really familiar with the area, but uh, just to give props, this is my uh, Chuck Bell. I just we want to give him props. He is the inspiration for tonight's episode. He's a good friend of my husband's, and um, I never would have known about this story. My husband came with to me about it. Chuck knew about our podcast, so thank you, Chuck, for this. We appreciate it. I never would have known about this story. Yes, thank and, you. Um. Again, this is one of these stories where it's not so much to highlight the person that did it. It's these victims sort of just become forgotten. And these were someone's family. And uh, I think if a lot of people were no longer familiar with this story, it's like a member of your family's just forgotten about. That was lost in such a gruesome way. So it's not so much to highlight. It's, it's never to highlight no. the killers. No. Like... Nobody cares about you. <laughs> like, nobody cares. Um, the psychology behind it, I I hate that people say, like, why do we, well, you, but you do. You do need that. You, you do need to know that that is a thing that helps psychotherapists and, and psychiatrists and things analyze that type of thing. You do need to know that oh for sure but as far as sensationalizing anything that these people did like absolutely not it's to make sure that these victims are never forgotten ever you know because they were someone's family at one time um but i think is in ohio typically when they hear strangler the cleveland strangler was such a big uh i think what made that story so crazy is that at the time, this guy lived in plain sight, and there were just all of these women around Cleveland that were missing, and people were like, what is going on? Like, there has to be something going on. And then they show up to this guy's house, and he, there's bodies everywhere. And you're like, whoa. And, you know, so that made, like, worldwide news. Um so when I heard Cincinnati Strangler, like even trying to Google anything about it, it was really hard because a lot of stuff brought up Cleveland Strangler. Uh, but we were able to find this really great article. It was back from 2017, but it was written by Carvel Wallace for Timeline.com. And um, it's a really great article. It does give a lot. It gives as much information as far as the uh, victims go. And I think a lot of that... Honestly, and I'm just going to say it, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the author himself is Black and the victims were Black, that I feel like he was able to write from a point of view that nobody else would understand from him to really highlight 
not only what was going on at the time in somewhere like Cincinnati in the late 60s, but the fact that this was done to Black women in predominantly Black areas that were low income and the serial killer himself was Black. So it was like the whole dynamic of it at that time in that area um, was almost kind of unheard of. So, um, cause even in the sixties, there's still real, I mean, this was 67. This was even before Charles Manson. So it's not like serial killer wasn't, or, or murderer wasn't like a thing, but like this was before Bundy. This was before, um, God, Ramirez, I think. Yep. This was before a lot of those, before like the term serial killer. Yeah, it was more widely, more widely used. Which also, FYI, uh, happy Black History Month. This, this kind of landed perfectly without us even realizing it kind of just landed perfectly. Yeah. So um, the article is titled, in 1967, the hunt for a black serial killer in Cincinnati stoked racial unrest and led to a riot. And uh, police deputized 5,000 mostly white citizens, which made it worse, obviously. Um, What do you mean? So we do want to give a warning. Um, There's obviously going to be a lot about uh, assault and different things. So um, we do always try to warn people. Episodes like this can get heavy if you're new to the show. That's why we don't do these all the time. So um, just prefacing that for everyone. Um, but it goes into the article to say that in the be- it began in October of 1965 uh, with the gruesome... That's the year my dad graduated high school. It's crazy. With the gruesome sexual assault of Elizabeth... That just seems like, seems like it was forever ago, but it really wasn't. Um, with the gruesome sexual assault of Elizabeth... Uh, I believe that's pronounced Creco or Creco. K-R-E-K-O. No disrespect. Um, Krico was approached by a man outside of her apartment in the peaceful Walnut Hills section of the city at around noon. He asked if he could speak with the caretaker. And when she led him to the basement, he dragged her into a side room, assaulted her, and attempted to choke her to death with a double-knotted clothesline. She was found barely alive within two weeks. Two more women in the neighborhood were attacked in similar fashion. All three reported that their assailant had been a black male, but otherwise the descriptions differed. Less than a week later, another woman, 39-year-old Margaret Helton, was attacked by a black man who asked politely for directions, then dragged her into a car, told her she was being robbed, and wrapped a rope around her neck. She was able to scream, leaning on her horn as he ran off into the afternoon. The attacks continued through the latter part of 65 into 66 as fear gripped Cincinnati's white community. In December, Imogene Harrington, 56, was found strangled with clothing ripped in her apartment building by a double-knotted plastic cord. In January of 66, an intruder attempted to choke a woman in her Walnut Hills basement. Her husband reported hearing the screams and chasing off a tall black man wearing a trench coat and hat. In April of 66, Lois Dant was strangled and sexually assaulted in her Price Hill apartment by an assailant who reportedly knocked on her door asking for the apartment manager. As the stories piled up, the investigation proved increasingly frustrating to police. Authorities wavered on whether or not these attacks were committed by the same person. The key elements seemed to link them. Ropes or cords were used to strangle the women, and most of the attacks included assault, but most importantly, the survivors reported that the assailant was black. 
Police Chief Jacob Schott announced that the same man had been responsible for the murders. There cannot be three of them, he told the press. Desperate to put an end to the threat, police expanded their squad, putting 22 men to work on over 1,000 tips. A Cincinnati Enquirer article dated June 25th, 1966, ran the headline, and I'm black, by the way, so we don't need any freaking hate mail. I really, yes, please. I am not speaking. (laughs) Please, no I would just like to say I am not speaking. And this was the 60s. (laughs) So... This would be put on the headline of a newspaper in a major city back in the 60s. So um, it would not say black man killed three women. It said Negro killed three women. That's exactly what it said. Um, An event of this magnitude shook the sleepy city to its core. I love when people mention Cincinnati because this is always the quote that they give. And it doesn't make (laughs) me mad because I fucking love Mark Twain. So this this doesn't make me mad at all. But. Mark Twain once said, when the end of the world comes, I want to be in Cincinnati. It is always 10 years behind the times. That's actually the east side of Cincinnati. That's the only part that Mark got wrong. If you're from Cincinnati, you'll get that joke. Batavia is 10 years, Batavia is 10 years behind. So if you come to Cincinnati and it's the end of times, it's the east side of Cincinnati that's 10 years behind so and i just want to preface really that not for joking. everybody so east of 275 loop that's where you want to go anyway it literally looks um, like you walked into a time capsule i'm not even kidding it's wild just saying i'm not <laughs> lying everybody that's from cincinnati is screaming right now and if i piss anybody off who lives in batavia well you'll get over it you're 10 years behind so you'll forget about it anyway um the town prided itself on its Bukalek and virtuous disposition, I love this guy's vocabulary, largely removed from the terrors of nearby urban cities like Chicago and St. Louis. But in America, the discomfort of race has a way of insisting itself upon everyone's um, pretensions of innocence. After riots shook Watts in 1965 and nearly a decade after race-related turmoil had rocked the South, including Cincinnati's southern neighbor, Kentucky, in October 1965, Gallup polls cited civil rights problems as the number one worry in the country. Cincinnati was not immune. The sudden appearance of a cold-hearted and seemingly unstoppable rapist murderer combined with white America's growing anxiety made for a heady mixture. Times like this make me wish my mom was still alive because she would have been 11 years old mm. when this was going on. And, uh, Yeah. She would have definitely remembered it. I was going to say, do you think she would have remembered? She, well, the, there's a neighborhood they mention in this article. Uh, it's actually in the next, in the next paragraph that you read. Uh, Avondale, which is where our famous Cincinnati Zoo is located. Um, my mom lived in Avondale before she died. Mm. So she definitely would have remembered this happening. But I have like, there's like no relatives on my mom's side that I either don't talk to and we're not even going to get into that reason or have unfortunately passed away. So I can't, and my dad didn't, my dad is from Indiana. So it's, you know, I, he was alive when this happened. Like I said, he graduated high school, but he was, he wouldn't have known what was going on in Cincinnati in the sixties because he didn't move here until 77, 78. So it's, it's stuff like this where it's like, relatives that I had that lived here that were alive when that happened most of them are no longer alive so it's kind of like oh shit because they would have remembered 
like they definitely would have remembered it happened because it was kind of why I was able to find on YouTube a channel. Well, it's channel now, but it was WCPO back then. Um, and uh, it was it was like a news thing about it. I was able to find on YouTube, which was wild, like to watch even back then. Um, so, yeah, it was crazy because my mom was 11. Yeah, 1965, she's born in 51. Yeah. My mom would have been 11 years old. So, well, she was born in 51. Wait, she was 14. 14, that's right. Sorry, my math. I'm, I do not math. <laughs> I was like, I do not math. I was like, <laughs> somebody help me because I don't math. But, um, yeah, she definitely, 10, 14, whatever. She would have, my mom had a, Jesus Lord, and she knew everything about Cincinnati. So she would have for sure remembered it happening. But, um, I mean, yeah, that time was crazy then. I mean, my, my husband is white. My husband's, uh, father grew up in one of the most racist cities in Cincinnati. Uh, Redding, Ohio was a sundown town. There was a sign on the bridge from Lachlan to Redding, Ohio that said no niggers after sundown. And my father-in-law remembered that sign. Wow. So, you know, that was Norwood, which is, uh, well, Green Hills, which is a neighborhood not far from where I live. Uh, that was a sundown town. Uh, Norwood, now, when my dad moved here in the 70s, he was told, if you're Black, you do not go to Norwood. Um, yeah, so you think Cincinnati... My dad grew up in the country in Indiana and said when he moved to Cincinnati, he experienced way more racism than he ever did as a black kid growing up in the country in Indiana. Wow. Cincinnati is widely racist. Oh, yeah. And you got to think back, like, 60s. Oh, man. We're so, I mean, we, I, I think because in everybody's mind, you know, you were, we were one of the gateways from the Underground Railroad. And, you know, now we have the beautiful museum that talks about the Rankin house and John Rankin was this amazing abolitionist and the house is still there. You can visit it. I did when I was a kid. I do not remember. Um, but would light the candle in the window and people could see it from, you know, the banks of the Ohio over in Northern Kentucky and they would cross over the, which is just wild. It's still to this day wild for me to think about people crossing the Ohio river. Whew, yeah. boy, like no boat, nothing like you're swimming at John trying to get over crazy. But anyway, I mean, freedom, right? Like what else? Fucking do anything to be free. Shit. Um, so yeah, it's, so you think you've come so far and you don't, but yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, guys, the people think the KKK started in the South. The KKK started in Michigan. Like, come on, people. Like, it's, it just, it, you, it, it wraps in people's minds that they think racism is only in like certain places when you grow up in America. And it's like, it's all over the damn place. 
it's all over the damn place. Some like, yeah, just louder were, than others. Shit, when I was a kid, that's why, you know, you and I meeting, like, we've talked about this when I was a kid. And I'm, you know, I'm close to 40. I'm not that old. But, like, when I was a kid, I was told, don't go to Reading. Don't go to Hamilton. As a black kid, I was told, don't go to Reading, don't go to Hamilton. And I was like, cool. And that was all I needed to know. Hamilton is white trash. And I didn't I didn't know anybody from Reading or go anywhere near Reading or Hamilton until I was like 16, 17 years old. It's on like the other side of the world. Because I was told not to go there. So well, I mean, you know Hamilton now is white trash and white thugs. But then you get older and you realize they're fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. You know, they may, they may like congregate in like one area, but... Some places everywhere. are louder than well, others. Well, and a but... lot of it's sad. You know, and you've got to... What you learn over time is you think of like economic disparities in certain areas in certain cities. And, uh, well, Hamilton, they don't even technically consider Cincinnati. That's going into a lot of people who don't live around here, but... Um, it just, when you read about redlining and economic disparities in neighborhoods and you go, oh, I get it now. It's like, you can live, you can be one neighborhood here and one neighborhood here and grow up dramatically different because of that is the way the system set it up. Oh yeah, 100%. So yeah, if you're working against the system... You, you know, some people make it, some people fucking don't. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, that's another reason why I was really happy to find this article and, like, really talk about it is because I think people, like, Cincinnati now, I mean, guys, Cincinnati even had, I was in high school when Cincinnati was rioting again. Like, it was a white cop shot a black kid. <laughs> And uh, it was wild, man. I saw an army tank in downtown Cincinnati. The whole city completely shut down. I'm in high school. Like, the whole city shut down. Over the Rhine, boarded up. If you were white, you didn't have no reason to go to Over the Rhine unless you were getting two things. And I don't even need to go there. And now I just... Kai goes over there. Oh, Over the Rhine's so cute! And it's OTR! And it's just... Ah, it's, like, do you know the history? It, it It's wild to me now. Mm-hmm. I can't... And it's pretty, and it's... And I've, and I've been there with you. Like, I, it's... I'm, I'm happy on one hand, but on another hand, it makes me feel so much older than you guys because I'm like, y'all... Y'all have no idea what this used to look like. This was this was a war zone, which is why twenty something years ago. This was a when you guys were babies. I remember this was a war zone, and now we're sitting here eating ramen in this cute little like. I mean, I'm not trying to be an ad. like it's cute and I'm happy, but it's like it's fucking weird. It's very weird. It would probably it's be a very weird thing, too. and we're not going to get into gentrification either because that's a whole. <laughs> <gasps> that's a whole nother story that's, for another day. 
<laughs> That's a whole thing. Not a horror podcast. I mean, it's it's a horror. It's horrible. It's, it's real not, life horror. It's like real life. Horror. I mean, yeah. we could always talk about it because of Candyman, but. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, we went into a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to that episode. And watch that fucking movie. It's Black History Munch. Watch motherfucking Candyman. Okay, muff. <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> That's how we say it. We say muff. <laughs> it's blackity black 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 history muff. Watch Candyman. That is your history lesson. Seriously, that sequel that had me. Shooketh. I thought it was so good. I thought you have said everything you need to say about everything in this movie. I need so to watch good. that again. Same. I've only seen it twice. When we saw it in the theaters and then after. God, that movie's so fucking good. Sorry. Goodness gracious. As the summer progressed, riots took place in Atlanta, Chicago, Dayton. Sorry. Atlanta, Chicago, and Dayton, Ohio, just 53 miles northeast of Cincinnati. Where, While the local assaults continued, police began to indiscriminately round up black men, and particularly in Cincinnati's Avondale, which we had just re- <clears throat> talked about, neighborhood, put them in lineups. Civil rights groups pr- protested, but the environment of fear won out. Police would ultimately... Dis- deputize a vast network of firefighters, meter readers, security guards, and mail carriers to report any suspicious activity. At full strength, 5,000 citizens and police were working on the case. A hotline received 800 tips per day, 15,000 cars were checked, editorials were printed in the Inquirer. Begging the killer to come forward, Halloween would officially be moved to daytime. Another grisly murder in August of 66 further changed the direction of the investigation. Around 2 a.m., a cab driver, a short black man with a goatee, picked up a 31-year-old Barbara Bowman from a cafe in the Rich Hill neighborhood. Later that evening, police would find Bowman lying died. Lying died. I'm so sorry. Lying dead on a sidewalk. She had been stabbed in the neck by a paring knife that was actually laying several feet from her and along with the rope that was used to choke her. Her shoes and jewelry were found near the scene. Her purse was a little ways back. The cab was up on a curb, and it was clear that she tried to escape when the driver ran her down before stabbing and strangling her. The murder was gruesome, but it was also uncharacteristically sloppy. Furthermore, Bowman, who was 31 years old, was decades younger than all the other victims. Also, unlike the other cases, this one had witnesses galore. Everyone had been in the cafe for starters. Another cab driver reported picking up an out-of-breath black man just blocks from the scene moments after the murder was thought to have taken place. Furthermore, the fake cab driver had picked up eight previous fares and interacted with dispatch throughout the night. Police were quickly able to assemble a composite sketch. You know, this kind of that kind of sounds like Richard Ramirez too. Yeah, a little really, bit. He didn't really have like an MO. And he was just like all over the place. The murder of Alice Hawkhauser. Two months later, set events on an even faster downward spiral. Hawkhauser, 51, was a mother and the wife of the chief surgeon at Good Samaritan Hospital. Uh, that's wild. I haven't heard it called Good Samaritan I know, Hospital right? I was like, long. whoa. It's tri-health now. I, have to for, I had to read it again. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? <laughs> I did the same thing. I was thing. like, girl, stop. You know, like, I had to read it three times. I didn't realize what I was reading she was brutally attacked, uh, assaulted, and killed in the garage of her home in the posh historic gaslight. Oh my gosh. 
If you guys ever get a chance to come to Cincinnati and go to the Gaslight District, gorgeous. It is. Wow. Gorgeous. Like, just breathtaking. It's just gorgeous. Beautiful. Beautiful. So this happened on October 11th, 1966. The brutality of her murder combined with the fact that it took place in a quiet, segregated suburban neighborhood of tree-lined streets and luxury homes sent the city into full frenzy. I mean, that would be like if that should happen now, because it's still like that. Yeah. Um, another botched attempt to snare a victim resulted in police getting a license plate number, which eventually led them to post... I'm, I'm going to butcher his name. I've been saying Postil, because that is a really, really old name. Okay. Because that's how I've been pronouncing yeah, it, but I just wasn't Lasky. sure if I yeah. was actually correct. That's the way I've been saying it. So Postil Lasky. I believe that's the way they said it Lasky. in that video, too. I told you mm-hmm. I watched that news thing on YouTube. Um, a 29-year-old former cab driver who had a sex offense on his rap sheet. He was immediately identified by eight witnesses, though some were tentative. On December 15th of 66, Alaski was indicted for only one murder of that 31-year-old Barbara Bowman. The trial began on March 27th, 1967. An all-white jury was seated. The judge selected had previously faced Lasky in 58 and said in the court record, men like you should be put out of society for life. Lasky's attorneys petitioned for a venue change but were denied. As physical evidence was scant, the trial depended almost entirely on eyewitness testimony. Witness descriptions offered, but the prosecution was able to call forth a good number of people who could testify that Lasky had been seen, had used the cab in question, and had called into dispatch on the evening of Bowman's murder. In Lasky's defense were just five witnesses, two of whom were his mother and brother. Less than three weeks later, he was found guilty of the Bowman murder and sentenced to death. While he was never charged with any of excuse me, the other murders, police investigators and the press certainly gave the impression. I am so sorry. Excuse me. Gave the impression that Postil Lasky was in fact the Cincinnati Strangler. Lasky's conviction, the racially charged investigation, and years of deep-seated institutional racism in Cincinnati meant that the city set this that the city set was to explode. In 1967, nearly 30% of Cincinnati's population was black, but there was only one black seat on the city council. Nearly 40% of public school children were black, yet only one black person served on the school board. Organized protests had been plentiful in the city, but the outcomes had not changed. The NAACP organized a protest to draw attention to the lack of black representation in trade unions to no avail. I know this story because this he's got a we see his name all around Cincinnati. In 1963, Fred Shuttlesworth, who had been instrumental in the civil rights movement in Birmingham, organized an action against discriminatory practices at the county hospital. But the activists were arrested and charged with trespassing. And a trend that was echoed through the long hot summer, young people in northern cities were growing increasingly disillusioned with the limitations of nonviolent protests. <clears throat> When it was laws that were oppressive, protests could be effective in changing them. But when it was attitudes, double standards, and a broadly racist culture that hounded Black residents, marches and sit-ins did very little. Tensions in Cincinnati following the, convention of, the conviction of Lasky grew so quick 
that Martin Luther King made a special trip to the city to appeal for calm. Oh, I didn't know this. That same day, however, Postil Lasky's cousin Peter Frakes picketed with a sign that said, Lasky innocent, Cincinnati guilty. Police arrested Frakes and charged him with trespassing and blocking traffic. This struck black residents as a particularly hollow use of the statute, which, no, when had white people been arrested for blocking traffic on the sidewalk and frustration mounted. A tense protest meeting was held on June 12th, and after it dissipated, a rock was thrown through the church through a church window. Soon a fire was set in the street, and a Molotov... Molotov? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Molotov. Cocktail was hurled into a drugstore, where earlier that day, a group of black youths had argued with the white owner. That night, there were 14 arrests made. The next night, unrest continued with fires, broken windows, overturned cars, and more arrests. Violence became worse in the ensuing days. A black man was shot in the neck on his front porch. A 15-year-old white resident was critically wounded by crossfire in front of a gas station. Now, I do remember my mom telling me about this. By the next day, 900 National Guardsmen had been deployed to Cincinnati with shoot-to-kill orders. It took another 24 hours for the uprising to be entirely quelled, and when it was 63... And when... When it was quelled... 63 were injured, 404 arrested, and one died. Lasky's execution was never carried out. In 1972, the Supreme Court struck down all, exi all existing death sentences in Furman versus Georgia. So Lasky lived in prison until he died in 2007. No one claimed his body, and he was buried on prison grounds. Despite the fact that he was never tried for any other murder, at the time of his death, the Inquirer still referred to him as the Cincinnati Strangler. My one thing is, is when he was arrested, did they stop? Did the victim, like, were the, did the death stop? Because <laughs> that's a good way to tell, like, if it was him or not. Yeah, I mean, I never saw anything, I never saw anything past that. So, it makes you think at that, I mean, Barbara Bowman's more than likely yes. Because it was just a little too, it was a little too like, you know, you were right there, it was right here, you know, kind of thing. But when you think of what was happening here at the time and you read everything that was going on here at the time. It's like, and then you think that there, he had everything against him. Well, I mean, when you think it's like almost damn near every black man in Cincinnati had everything against them because they were just looking for anybody and everybody. And, you know, it's really telling as well that it was the same judge that had convicted him previously. I mean, that you're not getting a fair trial. All white jury, same judge, same venue. You're not getting a fair trial. Like, you're just not getting a fair trial. Um, I guess the only defense I could give them is that back then, I mean, the, the hard part about stuff like this is like physical evidence as far as like rape kits and whatnot. Like, there were no, you know, fingerprints, but like, there there was no DNA. I mean, guys, listen, 
the OJ Simpson trial, DNA was DNA then was in its infancy. It's like as as many people who weren't even born when that happened know about that. You'll have young well DNA. DNA even then. I remember back then that was something that, I mean that that that's what event that that's actually what worked against them is because the you know Marsha Clark and and the people the prosecutors were trying to talk about DNA evidence and nobody on that jury nobody had any idea what the fuck they were talking about they brought in experts people were falling asleep because nobody knew what it was it was so in its infancy even then. So, you, you know, in the 60s, you had nothing except fingerprints. So even if fingerprints didn't match, if they were able to get them in some of these other cases with Lasky, it's like, I mean, listen, it's like they said, they, 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 they got the guy, they stopped after that. Who cares if he didn't do these other murders? In their minds, he was the guy. So, and I love how that one cop was like, well, this couldn't have been three different people, bruh. <laughs> Excuse me? Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, we, like, yeah, it very well could have been three could different have been. people. Very well could have been three different people. So, you know, who's to know? But... Yeah, this is just, uh, I had, I, like I said, I had no idea this even happened. Never heard of this. Uh, very familiar though with the, you know, I, I had heard about the riots. I remember my mom telling me about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I really liked this article because it really did highlight a lot of what most people probably didn't know about a city that, you wouldn't think, but I think that's where things get twisted with a lot of people, especially if they don't, especially if you live outside of this country and you are only previewed to maybe what's like in movies or whatever. And your idea of the South is one thing. Your idea of New York is this, your idea of California is this, you're right. But then again, people's idea of New York is just New York City. People's idea of California is just Los Angeles. Like, Los Angeles and Northern California are like you have gone to two separate sides of the planet. Like, it's not even the same. Um, same could be said for the west side of New York State versus New York City. It's like one part you're in Appalachia, another part you're in a city. Like, it's totally different. So, and then typically when people are getting... Hollywood's version of the South that's, you know, very Hollywoodized as being like more racist or whatever is, you know, not typically where people would think. So it's just, if you don't, if you wouldn't know, you would think that quote unquote racism is only set in, in this part of the country and this part of the country or this part of the country. It's all over the place. It's everywhere. Um, yeah. And it's, it was here in Cincinnati for a long time. Not saying that it's not still here. I mean, obviously we've, you, you, you have to acknowledge that we've come so much farther 
than where we were. Obviously, there's a lot that needs to be worked on still, of course. There always will be till the end of time. Um, but a lot farther. Hell, uh, you couldn't get away with saying Negro killed three people on the front of a fucking newspaper nowadays. Like, you definitely wouldn't say that. Like, so, um, that's one thing for damn sure. But, uh, yeah. And again, um, thank you to Chuck, Chuck Bell so much for, um, you know, giving us this suggestion. We do like to do stuff that's around, uh, where we live. Um, because there's a lot of history in Ohio, not just in Cincinnati. There's a lot of history in the, the whole state itself. Horror-wise, serial killers, all that stuff. Um, so, Ohio's wild. <laughs> Ohio's wild. Um, there's a few things we... Have you seen that video of that guy that's saying... It's like he's singing it, Rick's... Or my husband sent it to me. Uh, it's like a... It sounds like an emo song, but it's like Ohio apologizing for... Yes. We literally apologize for Manson, Dahmer, Squirt Gun Smelly. Uh, See, I can't take credit for that. Who said it? Our um, girl, uh, Cash. Uh, what's her first name? Who? I'm drawing a blank. Lilith Cash? Oh, Shauna? Shauna. Jesus. <laughs> I'm trying to use her. You said other name. You said Cash, and I'm like, are you talking about Annie? Because I don't remember. I'm trying to use her that. other, her professional Lilith, name, Lilith Cash. Lilith Cash, and I fucking forgot. <laughs> Love you, Shauna. Sorry. I, my brain just, like, was not working. Um, yeah. So, anyway. Heavy episode. Anytime we talk about this kind of stuff, but um, again, it's in remembrance of the victims. Uh, so, yeah, that's a crazy story. Like I said, I never would have had, never would have had any idea. But, uh, oh, back to that video real quick. You know, it was really funny is um, in the comments, everybody was like, we forgive Ohio for 21 pilots. That was the fun. It was, it was all over the comments. That's all I read in the comments. They're like, we forgive you for 21 pilots. And I'm like, 21 pilots is what did it? We got forgiven for everything else. We got forgiven for all the serial killers, but fuck 21 pilots. Yeah, they were like, they're like, well, they're like, you brought us 21 pilots. So we'll, we'll forgive you for the Paul brothers and the serial killers and squirt gun smelly and <laughs> fucking... I always forget he's from Ohio. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. LeBron's from here. We also got Lachey. Yeah, we got the Lachey brothers. We do. 98 degrees. <laughs> I remember when they were a barbershop quartet at Kings Island when I was a kid. Oh, wow. Yes. I don't remember that specifically. I met Nick I just... Lachey actually a couple of times. Did you? He uh, and my half-brother would work out at the same gym. I'm over here, cause I want and you, cause I feel you, girl. <laughs> there was a girl in my high school. Her name was Allison Scott. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. She, she's not listening to this fucking podcast. Nobody knows who the fuck I am anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't care. Uh, 
Um, she found where he lived and went to his house and cut grass out of his front. It was his parents' house, like Nick and Drew's parents' house, and cut grass out of their front lawn and put it in a Ziploc bag and brought it to school the next day. Like, I remember this. It's grass. Girls were obsessed with 98 Degrees. Like, when a boy band came out of Cincinnati, like, lost their ever-loving minds. And I'm over here like... (laughs) I don't fucking care. Nick Lachey was very nice, by the way. I would just like to preface. I also met Justin Jeffers, like, years later. That's a whole other story. I don't want to incriminate him. But, uh... I don't want he knows. I don't want to, <laughs> I'll tell you off air. Um, he, he knows. Um, <laughs> I'd have to sign a whole lot of paperwork. I'm not going into all that. But um, they're very nice. Very nice gentlemen. Very talented. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm wasn't a fan, though. I mean, 98 Degrees is cool, but calm down. Yeah, I was never. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I like Backstreet Boys. I liked NSYNC. Uh, my big, my. First off was New Kids on the Block. Like, I'm that old. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. By the time I get career, I don't Because I want you. I was listening. This this was when I was in my contemporary. This is when I was in my Christian phase. <laughs> this, is when, this is when I was listening. I was, like, hardcore into Christian music. Listen. By the time. A TikTok came on the other day. <laughs> That took me the fuck back. <laughs> There's this one girl on TikTok that usually does like <laughs> throwback to like early 2000s stuff, but she was a Christian kid and she'll do these songs and I'm just like, oh, I'm about to get. Listen, what really gets me is how Testify to Love is still a bop. Oh, she was like, remember how hard Jars of Clay? I was like, don't listen. Flood. <laughs> don't even Sonic Flood? Me- don't Sonic Flood. Make me fucking Sonic Flood. Yes. Rain, there were some, rain on my face. There were some there were some Christian songs that went hard. I know people are like, what are you talking about? Listen, I say that to my husband and he's like, no. Yeah, my girlfriend has absolutely he's like, no there, idea what I'm talking like, about. He's like, there are no Christian songs that went hard. I was like, uh. Let me introduce you, you to I was Skillet. Like, you weren't at Spirit Song. Let me introduce you to Red. You weren't at Spirit Song when there was a literal mosh pit during Jesus Freak. So, like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, do I have food in my hair? I probably have food I have, in my I hair. I don't know. I don't know. I probably have Whatever it was, it's gone. It was probably food. <laughs> um, it happens. Once you have long hair, it's just everything. is tra- Leaves, food, everything. Everything is in there. It's just it's a bird's nest. So. Um... No, like my girlfriend doesn't understand because she was raised Catholic, so she she wasn't really she had she went to a Baptist church a couple times, but it's when Kai Oh no, once you were raised Catholic, you have a cutoff to all that shit. My mm-hmm. husband, you're just like, oh no. <laughs> and I'm over here like bring rain. Catholicism on my face. is like a whole nother when it Completely comes to Christianity. Christian, like, yeah. Kids go to Catholic school and then they grow up and they're just like, no. Like, they just cut, like, it just, it's just everything. They're like, they're absolutely, absolutely no. Not. Like, I, I'm done. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> I try to play, like, I cannot play Christian music. Like him. He's just like, I can't listen to this. I'm like, I'm sorry. Honestly, I hate listening to it. But there's still some songs that I genuinely like, but 
Anyway, how the hell did we get here? How did we get here? It happens. Um, it happens. So yeah, it happens. <laughs> Especially when we do these like the tough ones, like the mm-hmm. serial killer ones. You got to make it light and divert into another topic. Christian music. No, we're going to Christian <laughs> music. We'll talk about Christian music. Um, um, but yeah, so that was tonight's episode. Thank you again to Chuck for the suggestion, and um, yeah. Now, before we announce next week's, um, while a lot of times while we're finishing up the podcast, I will go on um, and get things ready to post it. The Linktree link is not currently doing the greatest because Linktree is going under a huge transformation right now. Um, They actually are getting an app. Fucking finally. Um, And the app, the... uh, Basically, the link is broken at the moment. Um, It's just, it won't take you to all of the things. So I just wanted to let you guys know, I'm going to post the Spotify link um, to the podcast once the podcast is posted. Um, Just because I figure that's probably what everybody mostly uses is Spotify. And um, that's why I won't be posting the link tree. Because right now it's just undergoing a lot of maintenance. And it's just, it won't work. So I just wanted to let you guys know really quick before going into anything else. So, so next week's episode, uh, we are back. We're talking about aliens. It's a paranormal alien episode. Um, this is this was an incident that happened in Brazil, where in a small town called Vargin Varginha, I believe that's how it's pronounced. Where there was a mass sighting of a UFO in this city. Like, this wasn't one of those. And this was, like, before, uh, you know, this wasn't, like, cell phones. Everybody got a lot of cell phone footage. This was, like, small town, middle of nowhere, and (laughs) everybody saw this freaking UFO in in 1996. So I was like, this happened in the 90s? I had to look it up real quick because I totally forgot. Yeah, it was the 90s. Like, it was wild that literally the whole fucking city saw this thing. Like, there were so many people that saw this thing. It just, and it took on a whole, like, the, the water tower in town is shaped like a UFO. So it's, yeah, it, like, took on I love cities thing. that do that shit. Like, fucking Point Pleasant with Mothman. Uh, what's the name of the one town for Bigfoot? Uh, Little Creek. Yes, for Bigfoot, and then you got this town with the like. I love when towns play off off that shit. Oh well, yeah, Roswell, New Mexico. Oh my God, you're not getting <laughs> away with it. Everything, everything, which is fine. I mean, because Roswell was like tiny little podunk town before mm-hmm. the 1947 incident happened. So, um, allegedly, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's. This is cool. I just, I think it was one of these things where I just randomly came across it on a documentary on Discovery Plus, and I just thought, how wild is it that in the 90s there was such a, you know, maybe it made, maybe it made it over here to the States, maybe it didn't, but I just thought that's, I just, I always find, and I'm, I know this isn't the only city this has happened, but I just always think it's so wild when you hear these incidences of it's not just like one or two people saw it, it's like, an entire we need to uh 
there's another one that we'll do an episode about this at some point. There was a school where all these kids saw it. I think it happened either in Australia or in England because the kids that are still alive today, like they're all grownups and they still remember. It happened like during recess on a playground. It would. Where like all these kids saw this fucking UFO. Like the teachers, fucking everybody. Saw I'd be it. like, can we just skip all the subjects today? I really need to talk about science right now. Also, okay, that, that brings up something weird real quick. I know it's like totally off topic, but I just wanted to say this real, real quick. I was... I was watching a podcast where this comic brought up uh, when 9-11 happened and that, and him and I are the same age. This comic was older. They were, it's two comedians. I think it was, oh, it's a great comedy podca- podcast called uh, We Might Be Drunk. Sam Morell and uh, Mark Norman are hysterically funny East Coast New York comics um it's a great podcast and they were interviewing david cross from arrested development a bunch of other stuff he's a stand-up comic um and he's older but i think me and sam around the same age and he was talking about how like yeah we were in school and we just stayed in school all day like he's like we had a math quiz or whatever like in one class and david cross looked at him and he's like wait 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 they let you guys stay in school all day? And then it, like, made me go, wait a minute. Like, they didn't give us a quiz or fucking anything. I'm like, Sam, what school did you go to, dude? Like, <laughs> like poor thing. But I'm like, yo, that was wild. That, like, literally third period, I just watched a fucking plane going to a tower and like we thought our country was under attack and they kept us in school all fucking day like they didn't let us go home wow it like it didn't dawn on me then until i'm like listening to this podcast all these years later and this older guy goes wait they let you they didn't let you guys go home and i'm like yo yeah they didn't they didn't let us fucking go home we watched uh we watched it on school tvs you know what's wild for me to think is that my husband was like a little kid when the challenger happened like oh there's wow. a there's a new yeah. documentary on netflix and it's wild the way it starts too because this is literally what happened to my husband the the i i like caught like the beginning of it where uh they wheeled this <laughs> when you would wheel the tv and the class. Oh, you knew it was going to be a good day when they wheeled the TV, Listen, except for that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was not a good day. Because um, by the time I was in high school, like, every class already had a TV. It was, like, mounted to the wall. But, mm-hmm. like, back in the day, and my, my husband and I were seven years apart, but, like, he was a little kid. Like, And they wheeled the TV in. Because one of the astronauts was a teacher. So that was, like, the big thing that everybody was like, okay. And he's like, we're little kids. And then I saw that thing explode. And I was like, what did they do? And Rick's like, the teacher just turned the TV off. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, the fuck? And I'm like, did you guys pray or something? Because he went to a Catholic oh. school all the time. I was like, that is a wild. But then it made me think like, I was in high school with 9-11. Like, how did they explain that to little kids? I was in third grade. Oh, no. Yeah. 
And I remember it. So you. So vaguely. Okay, so listen. My husband was your age when he watched the Challenger explode. Mm. So I have to ask, like, what? I'm in high school when I saw this shit happen. So I was already like, what the fuck? How did you even process that as a little kid? Do you think it was like a movie or what? I don't know how to answer that question. I think I'm still processing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. So they brought the TV. I don't know why they thought this was okay to do to third and fourth graders, but whatever. They brought the Dude, TV. the Challenger thing. That's what I'm saying. Right? <laughs> they Even brought... though, wait. Now, the Challenger thing, they didn't fucking know. Yeah, they didn't they know. They literally didn't know. That, that was, was live. a totally different thing. That was like, oh, cool. The... And then the teacher's like, boop. <laughs> No, um, I remember Miss Miss Baker was her name. I love it. Miss Farrell was my science teacher. That was her class. I had Miss Baker. Shout out to Miss Farrell. She's the best fucking science teacher ever. And Miss Baker was like, I will be right back. And she leaves and she comes back and she goes, all right, everybody. All of your work that you had to do today, drop everything. We're not going to work anymore. We're going to watch the news. Now, remind you, I've told you, I cannot remember a lot of my childhood. I remember this so vaguely. or so, It was like, it happened yesterday. And she turned on the TV and she goes, we were just under a terrorist attack. I am you in guys brain. Oh I'm god. like nine. Oh my god, I almost <laughs> And she goes, we're under, under a terrorist attack. A plane hit the World Trade Center. Y'all don't even know what that Girl. Yeah, I had no idea. I, I was no idea what I was that is. 16 and I didn't know what the fuck it was. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm like, I was 16 and my trash ass didn't know I'm what like, the fucking okay. was. I know what the fuck that And was. then while we're watching it, plane two the, hits. The second plane hit, yeah. And then Mrs. Yeah, Baker yeah. is like, I need to go talk to the principal because we might un- actually be under a legit terrorist attack. Well, right, Pat. And See, that's what everybody in Cincinnati and that's what everybody was thought. so fucking freaked out about in Ohio because of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. So I actually lied. We did get off early. I forgot about that because of that. We we didn't get off early early, but we got off early. And I remember everybody oh, was shit, fucking losing their fucking minds. Like, they were like, uh, they're going to... And then they hit the Pentagon. And it was just... Allegedly... Allegedly, and then everybody <laughs> was like freaking out and everything. And mom, when I remember, I was sitting in the living room doing a puzzle when mom and dad was watching the news. This is a wild. Damn, I was doing a puzzle. They turned that shit on, and I'm over here like when and y'all you, were. You wonder why kids. millennials are so fucked up. Y'all, we've been through a lot. That was just the beginning. That was like that was the beginning. Listen, for me it was because y'all heard me say allegedly 9-11 threw everything out the window for me. Like that was it. That was it. Yeah. It was kind of the beginning of the end though. If you look back now. That was the beginning. Was like, and then when David Bowie died, everything just went to fucking everything shit. Everything did. Him and Prince died. And it was yeah. like, was it. But yeah, no, I. I say Prince because I sing um, the most beautiful girl in the world to my cat all the time. <laughs> fucking amazing <laughs> so um no i don't remember a lot of my childhood because there's a lot of trauma but that i remember that day is i remember that wild. day so vividly at least when the motherfucking challenger blew up they turned the tv off so my husband oh could, no like, they brought the tv try to process so that as a child 
you guys, they were like, yo, let's watch it. <laughs> like, let's fucking. I'm like, I'm yo, fine. could y'all turn on Schoolhouse Rock or something? Like, Conjunction Junction? Can we learn about <laughs> No, let's watch uh, the terrorist <gasps> attack live. I think I had to ask. I think I was nine. I well, had to ask. wait. Was it two thousand one? Two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. I was eight. That is wild. Yeah, because I was that. Let's is see. Wild. I was eight and a half. Yeah. <laughs> That's I can't so even, fucked up. I had to like. I had to ask because I was just like I was. I mean, I was a teenager. So like, to process that as a teenager. Cause that's what I'm saying. I didn't know what the fuck. I was 16. I didn't know what the fuck the twins. I didn't know what the were. fuck was going on. I, I started slightly panicking because I just saw planes going into buildings, and I kept hearing wonder a terrorist attack. I was scared, but oh, I yeah, didn't I mean, know what like, the fuck was going like on. Nothing like that had ever happened before. It was crazy. Not listen. It's not as scary as me waking up to my fan going off because you know when my fan. If my fan goes off and it's dead silent, I'm all, my eyes <laughs> yeah, are like, white agape. No. So my fan goes off, right? The electricity is off. Not weird, because that happened a lot at mom and dad's. So I was like, well, fuck, now I'm awake. So I'm laying there, and then the fucking sirens go off. Mind you, it is like 3 a.m. And I'm like, it is not storming. It is not raining. The rapture. Like, the sun, no, my brain was like the walking dead and the last of us has prepared me for this moment. I got up and I went and looked and you could see the city from my window blacked out. It was, everything was a blackout and the sirens were going off. I was like, so you guess what my dumbass did? I said, I'll go to Facebook. <laughs> so I went to Facebook and everyone was talking about the blackout and I'm like, no one's talking about zombies yet. So I guess we're okay on that front. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I thought it was up. it. I was like, the zombies are coming. The Walking Dead has prepared me for this. I'm ready. I don't lose my glasses. <laughs> I'm okay. Well, don't jump into my arms and toss mine aside because I gotta see. I'm telling y'all, I'm I'm out. If I lose my glasses and I don't have a backup pair or a seeing eye person, I am done for if shit hits the fan and I don't I have my glasses. I am so Oh, I'm out. That is never something I thought about with these shows, too, till like somebody pointed out. I'm like, I would be, oh my fucking God. That's it. That's that's it. Just know, though, that you could survive Bird Box. If you yes. lost your glasses, take your glasses off. Yep. It could be right in fucking front of you, and you're that's like, right. I don't fucking know, that's man. Right. I can't fucking see. Stigmatism <laughs> one, bitch. <laughs> Blind as fuck. <laughs> That is true. If it's if it happens to go down and it's a bird box scenario, then I'm I'm golden. I'm perfect. But no, listen, if it's the last of us, I'm fucking That's that's scary. They're not walking dead. Like they're fast. They're, a, they're really fucking living fast. beings. Exactly. They're living. We're mostly fungi though. I think already. You know, only like 40% of our body is made of human cells. The rest of it's like bacteria and makes fungus. It makes so much sense. I am. I'm pretty sure that I'm that mostly, part is I'm taking over fungus. Most of the people. I'm mostly fungus. I am a shroom. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
That's why I'm so fucking hardcore. No, I'm just kidding. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in this week. We're so glad that it feels we... good to be back. Yes, it does. Um, it's very nice to be back for sure. Um, so you guys tune in next week for UFO and alien talk because we love that shit. Um, so we have the socials for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast. Handles DFWTO8811 um, and DFWTO Podcast for Instagram. If you have any questions, concerns, want to say, hey, please email us at DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Plus, you can find us on Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, iTunes, and uh, give us a follow, give us a subscribe. You always know when we put new um episodes out and make sure to check out the sale um it is posted in all of the socials right now uh, it's on teespring you can search dfwto podcast um the link is right there for you though it's on like i said link trees down right now but um i do have the it's very recent it was just a couple days ago and i will be posting it again tomorrow just in case you do not have the link currently so make sure to check out the um merch use code spring 20 to get 20 percent off your order basically you'll get free shipping which is awesome because all of the proceeds that all of the money goes to for us will be going back into the podcast to do really cool things and we will be announcing a really cool thing hopefully within the next month so i believe that's everything is that everything <clears throat> we got it okay right, right back at it again I feel, I feel like I'm on a bike. I feel like I'm a disclaimer at the end. <laughs> Where the, the guy's like, contact your doctor if you want. <laughs> you know? Anyway. All right, guys. We love you. Thanks again for so much support. Thank you for being patient with us. Come back next week. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the original. original. Also, remember, Scream comes out one month from the 10th. And it's going to be in 3D, baby. Right? So excited. Shove a knife in me. <laughs> so excited. I need to see another 3D horror film. Right. It's been a long time. The last 3D horror film I saw was uh, The Ghost Dimension, Paranormal Activity. And, uh, Mine was My Bloody Valentine. Well, yours in was much theaters. better. Much better. Mine was in theaters too. I feel like that was either that or the Final Destination one. Whichever one of those came first. That was the last one I saw. I think My Bloody Valentine came first. Long time ago. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, guys. Love have a guys. great week. Bye.